Good morning. This is the Blaine's World Show that can be found each week on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You can also listen in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can get more information and listen to previous shows on our website, www.blainsworld.net. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield, and I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. Each week, we focus on news and information that people and organizations in both the Asheville area and throughout the country. It's my pleasure to introduce Jamie Beasley, who is the executive director at Working Wheels. And Jamie, you can feel free to wave to all your fans and friends who are watching this. Okay, and that's Jamie. And do I have the last name, the pronunciation? Beasley. Beasley. Okay, great. Jamie Beasley has been the executive director of Working Wheels since 2015. Previously, he worked for Mountain BizWorks for eight years in various roles, including director of development and Latino program director. Jamie is fluent in Spanish and undergraduate with an undergraduate degree from the University of Richmond in Religious Studies, Spanish, and Communication Studies, and a master's degree in Business Administration from Western Carolina University. Jamie and his wife, Jen, have lived in Asheville for 20 years and have three young children. And um, what I do typically, uh, Jamie, the first time I meet somebody, I ask, as a child, you grew up where? Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, and when you were a child growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, did you always know you wanted to be with a nonprofit involved in uh, cars and that whole industry? No, um, well, not the cars necessarily, but I always liked a good cause. Um, I mean, not when I was a kid necessarily, but as I was starting to think about what I might do, I definitely was noticing uh, good ideas and especially, uh, you know, good nonprofit organizations that were helping people in an interesting way. Well, that's kind of cool because what most of your work experience has been with nonprofits. That's right. I was a, a school teacher and I owned a small business for a short time. And then I've been working with nonprofits as well. Okay, really cool. And so your first nonprofit experience, I guess, in this area was what with Mountain BizWorks? That's right. Okay. And how do you, uh, what was your role with them? Uh, with Mountain BizWorks, I started out as the Latino program director. So, um, uh, we took the, the classes and the coaching and the access to financing and uh, translated that into Spanish and made it available uh, to the Latino market in the area, which uh, has been and is a, a growing uh, group. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit and in uh, immigrant communities especially is very strong. And so it was a real pleasure to be a part of that energy and momentum. And again, another great organization around BizWorks. But it's kind of interesting that you were with them for a bunch of years. Then all of a sudden, another opportunity opened up. Is that what happened? Exactly. I had a, a dear friend, Neil Leach, who was, I believe, 84 at the time, and he had a lot of energy. And uh, he saw this need in the community for somebody to, to handle or work on the issue of transportation, really one family at a time. There are uh, people working on the macro issues of better bus lines. Uh, and that's that's very important. But also, in the meantime, there are a lot of families stuck. And Neil could see this and wanted us to start something in Asheville um, based around that premise. And that's uh, so Neil, Neil got me and nine other people together and said, let's talk about this. And we did talk about it for about a year. And then then we started working wheels. And that was just started from scratch as a nonprofit. Yeah, well, there we found an organization in Raleigh called Wheels for Hope that was doing uh, something very similar, and we uh, borrowed their model for two or three of the first two or three years, and then in 2017 we became an independent, freestanding version of a uh, you know, very similar version of the same thing. Now, as you said, so this model is 
not only the one you mentioned, but it's done in other parts of the country, but each one is a little bit different. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's right. And that's that's the key is, um, you know, it was it was very helpful for us to get the un- an understanding of how the organization worked. But we really quickly realized that we needed to customize it to uh, a smaller community and a mountain community and a rural community, which is different than than Raleigh. And so a lot of the basic principles of the organization remain, but how you really take the benefit and get it to the people but um, needed to be customized. And I think that's what you'll find in most of the places where there are organizations doing similar work is that it's been, it's similar to a point and then it's been customized to what works locally. Now for the benefit of folks who aren't familiar with working wheels, including yours truly, mm-hmm. if you can kind of give a reader's digest version of what the organization is all about. Sure. Um, our mission is to provide affordable and reliable transportation options to uh, families in Western North Carolina. So we, we do that through two programs first. And what we've done since the beginning is we is the vehicle purchase program where we accept donated vehicles from the community. We partner with local mechanic shops to fix up the ones that we can. And then we sell them for an extremely affordable price to uh, our program participants. Those vehicles come with a warranty. They're usually worth between about three and eight thousand dollars. And they're designed to give people about a two year runway to uh, kind of get the financial footing they need to become more uh, uh, independent. Um, the vehicle repair program is our second program. And for that, we offer discounted repairs for people's vehicles. These are vehicles that did not come to them through working wheels per se, but these are people in the community who are driving a vehicle to work today. It experiences a mechanical problem. That mechanical problem is too expensive for the person to handle. And then we are able to provide a discounted repair and get that person back to work um, and the family back on, on the path. So the vehicle purchase program, the vehicle repair program are the two ways that we uh, uh, help the community. What's impressive with what you just said, at least to me, is the fact that if somebody gets a vehicle, they're not going to be stuck with a lemon. You know, I was very impressed that you said it comes with a warranty and and it's going to be in relatively good shape. Oh, absolutely. Um, There, you know, we can do what we can do on the cars, but there are factors beyond our control. And you can, you know, we can, we are in a position when you sell someone an affordable car, you can actually make their life worse, you know, uh, a vehicle that does not work for any price is a burden and not helpful. So when we see that happening, we usually what we do is, you know, we get the car in and try to make it right. If we can't make it right, we swap the car with a different one. And that buys us some time to fix the one that is experiencing problems. We also have loaner vehicles available for people in both programs. So when you're, uh, um, if your vehicle experiences a warranty issue through the purchase program, we put you immediately in another one. So you don't miss a, a shift of work or uh, you know picking up the kid from soccer practice or whatever is important that day. And then for our repair program, uh, the, the more complicated cases, the cars that are going to have to go to multiple shops or it's going to take a long time, we try to put those uh, people on a, or offer a loan or a vehicle for them as well so that they can keep on with their daily uh, commitments. And what's so impressive about this, at least to me, is the fact that you know, you kind of stick with a person throughout because just the other day I had to help somebody out. The car wouldn't start and they bought a, a fairly expensive car with no, you know, a, as is kind of thing. And, and uh, they were completely stuck, a very expensive car and they had no nowhere to turn. You know, I didn't know about you at the time. I don't know if they'd qualify, but let's talk back to then the organization. So how do you get the cars? And you mentioned that people donate them. Is that what happens? We do. We spread the word. Uh, this, this, uh, we're happy to be here today because that's one of our main messages is just for people to know that we're here, that we accept donated cars in any condition. We will tow them and accept them and love them almost as much as you have and 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 do. 
Um, it, you know, we use the vehicles for any way we can. Ideally, we can fix what's wrong. Uh, we'll invest up to $1,500 and make that car right and, and, and sell it to someone for an affordable price. If we get a vehicle that's not um, able to be fixed or it's beyond repair, we still love it. We, we call it an organ donor and we, <laughs> we use its best parts. Uh, we keep it around, use its best parts every, anytime we need something. Um, and then ultimately uh, take the car to auction or the recycle uh, yard after that to get the most value we can. We put all that money into the repairs for the cars that we can fix. Seems like a win-win situation too, in that if I or somebody else makes the donation, it's you're a nonprofit, so it's a tax deductible. Uh, exactly, gift. and it is. And so, and we every now and again we get some classic cars and some 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 really nice vehicles, and and we we are grateful for those. We explain to the donor, thank you for this vehicle. You know, we could take this Mercedes and we, we're set up as a, as a dealership. So we sell it to the public with, you know, with full disclosure that this has been donated. Here's the value and we're selling it to raise money. Um, and then sometimes we're able to take these donated cars. For example, in the case of that Mercedes donor, we might be able to say uh, that that vehicle was able to help repair seven vehicles or help get seven families on the road by, by us selling that one. And so we, we, we try to look at everything that we have and figure out how do we get the most people and a dependable car, and then we do the math and try to make it work. How do folks find that about? We yeah, advertise, um, you know, in different publications and whatnot, but the most direct way to get more information about us is our website, which is workingwheelswnc.org. Um, and that's also how you donate is you, there's a phone number and a, and a quick link on that, on that website that helps people either call or go electronically. Um, but we, yeah, we spread the word any way we can. And I, the, the number one reason that people donate their cars to us is, is a friend tells them about it. Um, so spreading the word is, is very helpful. Well, you mentioned something else, which is kind of interesting, I think, to folks, is that even if somebody has a car that's kind of seen better days, you'll take that car, you know, rather than somebody having to junk it or get rid of it, you'll take it off the hands. Oh, absolutely. And, and you'd be surprised. We're pretty scrappy. That's one of our values. <laughs> and um, we have we have some volunteer mechanics that that kind of Habitat for Humanity style, if you will, people that come every week and and, study, and, and work on a car project. You know, these are mechanically minded folks. And some of these problems, sometimes people donate a car to us because they've been given an estimate that is two, three, four thousand dollars to repair. But if we're able to have a volunteer mechanic spend 10 hours on it, uh, that's a thousand dollars in savings right there towards getting this car back on the road. So there are there are cars that we are able to turn into program cars. That's our term for the ones that we can invest in that that really sometimes it's very surprising to the donor that we were able to do that. Um, so it, we'll accept it even if we can't. We, we It's all valuable to us and it helps us do what we do. Where are you located? We are in North Asheville in Woodfin, just uh, past Moe's Barbecue and across from the vegetable stand. Okay, I think I know it. So yeah. do people do, So do people then dr drive to you or they can drop their vehicles off? Is that what happens? That's very helpful to us if people can drop, drop off their vehicles. But the process involves two steps. One is signing over the title to Working Wheels in the presence of a notary. And that can either be done uh, at, your, at your bank or, or you know, a, a friend that's a notary. Um, you can also go online and have it notarized. There's some ways to do that electronically now. And also you can come into our location. We're, we're notaries and we can uh, we can do it. That's what most people do is bring us the title for a 10 minute quick appointment. We do the paperwork, give the bill of sale and help make sure all questions are answered and that it feels like a good decision. And then from that point, we can either send a tow truck for the vehicle. We can pick up the vehicle or in a lot of cases, people go ahead and just drive the vehicle in for that appointment and then get around home. Now, in terms of purchasing the vehicles, 
is there a qualification or minimum qualification or who qualifies to get the vehicles? So the need, the, the need for what we're doing is completely overwhelming. Um, we don't, there's no direct um, way to come through working wheels to get access to our programs. And this is by intention or intentional. We, we aren't the best people or the most qualified people to choose who is the neediest, you know, who's um, should be a top priority. So what we have decided to do is we have 17 nonprofit organizations in town who are our referral partners. And these are trusted places with excellent case management services. And each of these referral partners gets a certain number of purchases and a certain number of repairs. So these are discounted repairs and affordable purchases. And then they decide for, so for example, in the case of uh, helpmate, Helpmate decides which four people can purchase a car for $500 this year and which eight people can access a repair for 10% of its cost. And they send us uh, those 12 people and we perform the service. If somebody wants to reach out to those organizations, mm -hmm. are those on your website or who they are in the 17? Exactly. If you go to the uh, w workingwheelswnc.org and then go to the partners page, you should see those 17 organizations that, and it links to their organizations, to their websites. Each organization has a liaison, somebody on staff at that organization who understands this program the best. Um, and so it's important to, to you know, get access. To, you want to talk to that person so you can get accurate details about number of slots available and if, if you might be, you know, if someone might be able to qualify. Not to put you on the spot, but I guess in terms of ballpark numbers, how many people or um, how many people do you service on a given year? Oh, yeah. I'm happy to answer that question because we're in the middle of a very exciting <laughs> year. So in the last eight years, we've served about 400 people. And this year we're on track to serve more than 200. Um, and so this year alone, we're going to serve as many people as we have in the last four years. Um, and the reason for that is that our vehicle repair program is expanding quickly. Um, so we're on track to fix about 150 cars at a discount this year. In fact, right now at this moment, we have 37 vehicles being fixed simultaneously at different shops in Western North Carolina. So now the different shops, do they get chosen by you or do they volunteer to do this or how do you get the shops? Yeah, so we have a staff of three of three mechanics, and these mechanics assess the vehicles, figure out what's wrong, what we're going to fix, which vehicles we're going to invest in. And then we take the vehicles to all the shops that will work with us all over the region. And um, some provide a little bit of a discount. Some provide no discount as we're getting to know them. Um, some provide a deep discount. But what we found is that it's most important to uh, work with these businesses, you know, as businesses first, get to know each other. And uh, they, they they love working with us. And as we do more and more volume together, generally the prices come down and then we're able to really um, see some uh, uh, benefits of the economies of scale in that way and help more people with fewer dollars. How many people do you have working in your organization? We are a team of eight people currently. Okay, I mean that's quite some operation you have there with mechanics and you and other people. Yeah, well, it's it's grown from uh, grown quickly, or actually, you know, over eight years, it's it's grown. And um, the hybrid approach is important to us. Uh, we don't want to fix every car in house, and so 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 you know, using all the resources available to us, and then keeping our operation just the right size is the goal. Now you mentioned Jamie that the two parts of the program. So I understand the one you can get people into vehicles, operational vehicles. And the other, they can get their vehicles repaired. How do they participate in that part of the program? 
what do you say? How do, how do they get participate? Refer- in other words, if, if I have a car that yeah. is not working, um, same thing too. Do they have to go through a process to get it chosen to be repaired or how exactly. does that work? It's the same partners, um, or, you know, choose the repair program participants as well. Um, and, uh, that's, some of our, a lot of our partners or program participants come that way. We also have, are, are taking uh, part in a, a pilot project um, that connects uh, nonprofit organizations to Medicaid uh, via an intermediary called Impact Health. And this is um, a statewide uh, pilot program to where what it looks like for us is that there are certain people, very high need uh, Medicaid cases where uh, by being on Medicaid and being qualified through through that program, they're able to access a discounted vehicle repair. And so we'll, we're going to fix 100 cars this year through, um, and those cars will be paid for by Medicaid. Now, the 400 figure you mentioned, that's the number of cars that transferred ownership, right? That people... No, so the 400, yeah, exactly, 400. Um, well, so the first five years of our eight, we were just a purchase program. Donated cars in, fix up what we can. Um, sell for an affordable price those that we are able to. Um, in the last three years, we've added this repair program that's growing quickly. So uh, when the total pro- uh, program participants over the last 400, uh, over the last eight years, that 400 number, that would be uh, a mixture of repair and purchase program participants. Where do you see the program going in the future? Well, that's a great question. Um, the beauty of the repair program is that it is very needed it's it's you know it's not hard to explain and it's also not capped in its growth by the number of donated cars in other words every time we find enough money we can fix more cars for more people further away uh and 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 uh help more people um the the purchase program you know there's only so many donated cars we can find and only so many of those are good enough to repair so it, it grows much more slowly um where is it headed? Uh, I don't know. Um, it, it it would. It, it, I don't know if it'll be me and us, but it would make sense to me if Working Wheels, uh, some model version of this repair program, existed in cities all over the place. Um, kind of like Habitat for Humanity has a purchase a house program, then they have a repair program. Um, if if Working Wheels or, or or an organization like Working Wheels wanted to make this. Uh, uh, model more apparent and clear to people so that more people could do it in their cities. I would like to be a part of that. Do you use the volunteers? Yes, we do. We have volunteers in the office. We have volunteers that drive cars and check for quality. And we also have volunteers that turn wrenches and figure out mechanical problems. So if somebody wants to volunteer, what's the process? Uh, process would be to go to our website. And um, one way to do it would be to... Um, uh, just call the main number, and, and when you call the main number, one of the first choices on the voice prompt is, if you'd like to volunteer, press, but I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> but that phone number is 828-633-6888. Wait, uh, uh, you can uh, also uh, go to the uh, website. Wait, uh, have you repeat that? The phone number was what? Okay, phone number is 828-633-6888. Okay, so they can call you, get information that way, or go to the website? You have to go. To, you can go to the website, and there's a place to you know get more info. A very clear button where you can uh, email essentially through the website and ask that same question. What we'll do is have a conversation from there and find a good fit for you. Is there a waiting list to participate in the program, both in terms of getting a vehicle and or getting a vehicle repaired? Yes, there is a waiting list. It has been um, uh, several months at some points, and it has uh, 
shorter now. Typically, uh, the waiting time after one is qualified for and purchase and pays for the purchase uh, pays to purchase the vehicle. There's about a three to eight week wait uh, before we have a vehicle ready. That sometimes that has taken as long as as three or four months, but we aim for it to be more like a month or two. One of the exciting things, I mean, we're talking a little bit about this off the air, is the fact that you probably have some very exciting success stories. You know, it, it, in other words, just listen to you. It seems probably they're all success stories because you're you're taking somebody who has very little and making them, you know, able to work, able to function. Talk, if you would, about some of those success stories. Yeah, it's it's a real privilege and a pleasure to be at Working Wheels when someone comes to pick up their vehicle. Um, oftentimes people come on foot or they get dropped off at the closest bus stop and walk from there. People often get dropped off by their case manager at the organization that referred them. Um, and from that moment that they sign the paperwork and have those keys, it's a complete fork in the road. It's total freedom. Uh, you, you can make a few stops before you go personally pick up your child at school. Um, people, most of our program participants immediately start making more money at work because they're able to get there quicker and be there longer. They also have more time at home. That's you know, maybe they're home for dinner or home for breakfast. Um the the um, the difference that it makes on a statistics level is one thing, but on a personal level, to really see that what that freedom uh, and independence um, affords people, it is it'll it'll really uh, um, it's just it's really something to see. Um, I've got a couple of uh, people, program participants, who can in, in a short video clip here tell. Uh, the difference talk about the difference a car made in their own words and and they they really do it best would now be a good time to do that that'd be good just as you're describing this i'm almost getting like a chill just listening to it because i can see the difference it makes in people's lives you know and so that's why don't you do the clip if we can so this is jamie setting up the clip and here we go great stop Almost. Okay. If, if you're listening to this, not watching it, we're trying to show a video clip of some people who are success stories, if we can get it going, who have worked with uh, the organization. Okay. Here we go. I think. Yeah. It's just. What was I saying? I'll just talk over it. I'm talking with uh, Jamie Beasley, who's executive director of Working Wheels. And we're trying to get up a clip to show some results of people. It's a shame, Jamie. It was working fine before, but um, they, uh, this there car we go. totally changed my life. I was able to attend Trans Tech School and get my CDL license. It starts at six in the morning. There's no buses that early. Then it was after I got my CDL license, it enabled me to get an awesome job. I've been a CDL driver for 16 months now with the same company. I love my job. I love the people I work with, but I have to be there at 530. There's no buses. I couldn't do what I do without the car that I got from this program. There's, I can't even explain it. It's like I can go to the store when I want to. I don't have to wait on a bus. I don't like when it, before I got the car, I worked in Black Mountain and I worked in Asheville and it was ride the bus all the way to Black Mountain, which is seems like it's only 30 minutes down the road, but riding the bus, it was like a two hour trek to get there. And now instead of working as a cook or a server, I work at Sierra Nevada, which is twice as much an hour just from having a car. Me and my husband spend more time together and my puppy gets a lot more attention. 
after 13 years in prison, it just, things seem so dark and jaded. And when you get out here and you see that there are people that don't care what has happened to you or what you've done, that they're just here to help you get back on your feet. Thanks. Great, great stories. The um, And you probably see them and hear them all the time. Every, yeah, yes. The, um, I mean, that last one, can you imagine that, and not just her, but everybody, because Asheville, the public transportation is sometimes difficult to use and obtain. So here they're in complete control of their own uh, destinies. Great, great story. Um, so back to the uh, organization. So any other things? So the two major programs, do you do fundraising also throughout the year? Yes, uh, we, we uh, uh raise funds through grants, through traditional uh, individual donors. We have businesses that provide sponsorships. Um, and then about a third of our budget is able to be paid for uh, by selling uh, auto parts that we can't use and you know, selling parts and cars that we can't use on the program. We're able to uh, sustain ourselves about a third of our budget that way. So that does lower the pressure on traditional fundraising. And how do people find out about those parts that are available? Are they on the website or they go through? Yeah, it, it should all be on the website, workingwheelswnc.org. Uh, we also have a Facebook presence where we talk about opportunities to um, support us in those ways as well. And now, of course, you have this podcast and it's going to be a video cast yes. that people hear about as well. But I want to thank you because, again, I won't say it's kind of a secret that I know about, but I guess a lot of people still don't know about the organization. And, and one of the things I guess you're trying to do is get out the word. Absolutely. Okay. Well, anyway, great job. Um, thanks for opening my eyes to work on wheels. I'll have you, Jamie, one last time, I'll give the contact information. How do you do it slowly? This is so other people can get it. Two ways. The website was what again? www.workingwheelswnc.org. And that WNC is as in Western North Carolina. Okay. Phone number is 828-633-6888. Okay, and the key from what I heard you say is that if anybody's listening and is in need of a repair for their car and has financial difficulty and or to purchase a vehicle, best thing is go to the website and then find those 17 organizations and contact them. Is that the way to do it? It is. Um, you know, generally they're going to refer people who are who are seeking their primary service. So if it's Habitat for Humanity, it's someone who's participating in their home purchase or repair program and also needs one of our services. And so um, it, it is uh, it's not a completely um, a clear path to go through the partners unless, of course, you need their service and can get referred. Uh, we wish we had a front door and could respond more directly, but it's just so overwhelming that we found that we're trying to do good work by these 17 partners for now. Okay. And you're trying to do the good work with all eight of you. You know, it's not like yeah. a, a super big organization. Jimmy, anyway, I'd like to thank you very much for two things. One, for being my guest on this edition of the Lane World podcast, and also for the great work you do. So I'd like to thank you very much for being in the Nashville area. Well, thank you for what you do, and we are extremely grateful for this opportunity. Okay, and um, I'd like to also thank my producer, Cappy Tassetti, and we'll see you on the other side of my stopping this tape. So be well, Jamie, and thanks again.